From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. In compliance with Memo EX 1063, we bring you our meetings in the public forum. Uh, this week, uh, for this meeting, we have City Hall wrap-up. We have uh, my co-host singing the theme song, uh, Improvement Vector Candidates, Innovative Revenue Tools, so much more. This meeting is now in session. Thank God. <laughs> Good job with the singing. Thank you. Uh, See, so here's what happened. Did, did, you, the... did, you, did you fire our musician? Uh, yes, I did. No, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, the uh, the jukebox. I was uh, had a cup of uh, matcha on top of it, and oh. uh, I was grooving out to uh, some chubby checker and uh, spilled it and uh, wrecked it, and so the music is all gone for today. That wasn't matcha, by the way. It wasn't matcha? No. Oh. Good, because it tasted like crap. <laughs> I hope it wasn't crap. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you, it wasn't matcha. That much, that much, I can, I can assure you of. Good, uh, great. No, not good. How are things? Things are, things are great. Um, I, I feel like we were just in another basement altogether. Me too. I, yeah, but talking about comics. Yeah. Yeah, but now we're out of that. We're out of the Queen City Sequential Art Department, and we're here back. In the basement of City Hall. In the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Yes, I feel at home. Oh, man, thank God. So Talking so, about comic books is such a slog. I can't uh, wait to talk about some City Hall. Oh, I, yeah, let's talk about, like... Something thrilling. Grants and Lou and taxes. That's so much better, so much yeah. more exciting. Let's do it for an hour. People oh. love this stuff. Oh, I know. They they do. They're, they're huge fans. Uh, so let's, uh, should we take attendance? We should definitely take attendance. Okay, so for this meeting, um, oh, attendee, oh, Helena Dupoy. Who? Helena Dupoy. Never she, heard of her. She, uh, Helena Dupoy is, uh, is actually, um, an, an English aristocrat of French descent, and she invented the concept of windshield wipers. No. Yeah, she didn't invent windshield wipers. She just the concept. Yeah, when, when she was out driving in the country roads, and she said, how do we get the rain off the windshield? So she had servants uh, stop the car and then wipe off the rain with their hands. And that, and there, ergo, from there, it just obviously, yeah. The problem is, like, she'd never get anywhere because they kept on having to stop. And, right. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, if only there was a way to put these servants on the front of the windshield and just have them wipe my windshields yeah. as we drive. She went for like a tour of her estate uh, on a rainy day and she was never found again. Hmm. We thought she, maybe she's still driving around. Huh. But I guess she's coming in to, the, to, uh, to attend the meeting. Yeah, well. I don't see her though. No, neither do I. It's really quiet down here today. Yeah, oh. Uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking. Uh, I think I may have made a mistake here. Uh, I think I mixed up the letters. It's a Sorry, it's not Helena Dupoy. It's Paul Deshane. Oh, that's me. Oh, all right. Yeah. And I've never wiped a windshield in my life. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you know who wipes windshields? Peasants. <laughs> that's who. And Helena Dupoy could tell you all about it if she were here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we also have, oh, and this is good. It's a, it's another woman attending, uh, Maria okay. Dagnon. Maria Dagnon. Yeah. Never heard of her either. Uh, interesting. She actually, uh, she was the inspiration for Mary Tyler Moore. 
she was a reporter who uh, um, lived on her no, own in New York. No, no, no. You think of Mary Richards, the character played by Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, right. This person ins was the inspiration for the concept of Mary Tyler Moore herself. Oh, so of an actress who plays a reporter who lives on her own in yeah. New York City and breaks a whole bunch of ground exactly. uh, in the 1960s on television. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's bizarre because Mary Tyler Moore went on to become famous and Maria Dagnon lived uh, out her days in obscurity. Although arguably uh, Mary Tyler Moore would be a show about, like would be the bio of Maria Dagnon, wouldn't it? Sort of. Yes, well, oh, the life of Mary Tyler Moore. The life of is Mary Tyler Moore. Right. Okay, now so, I get it. This is comp this is a really complicated. Very, well, that's I'm why so I, glad she's going to be here because we can sort too. this out. So she, I think she's late. Must be. Maybe she can't get in the door. Ah, uh, it happens a lot. Wait, hold. Um, oh, gee, this is really awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really got your hopes up. Obviously, you did because that's that's a fascinating story and kind of weird. Um, turns out I've I think I may have mixed up the letters and uh, I'll figure this out. It's a Maria a Aiden Morgan. That's you. Right, I'm here. Yeah. Cool. All right, we're Excellent. both here. We're both here. We don't have quorum. Nope. And I've noticed we have no improvement vectors, candidates. Or improvement vectors, for that matter. Uh, well, it's a budget problem. Oh, no. The budget cuts have hit us, too? Yes. We've been forced to, like, turn elsewhere for our improvement vector candidates. Uh, how are we going to do that when there's just the two of us? Uh, well, we do have an improvement vector candidate. Um, I have have him listed here. And this is actually from floor six, so it's uh, it's official. I have to uh, ask uh, interview Paul Deshane. Oh, hey, that's me. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I just have to wow. ask. Just I've been a, I've been an improvement clerk for so long, and I've never been an improvement manager or an improvement vector. vector. I know. Yeah. So I bet you. I bet oh, you're it's happy nice to get to. recognized finally. I know. Yeah. Well, someday you two will be in the hot seat. Oh man! But you're not. Yeah, you're not. You're not recognized yet. No. Okay. So just being tested is an honor. <laughs> well, and tested you shall be. Um, so I just Sweet. have a couple of. I have a couple of questions here. Okay. Shoot. Uh, this is a true-false question to start with. Okay. As, quote, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be an improvement vector. True. True. Especially since I can't remember to earlier this morning, let alone and much you further to back. Be, but I've be always wanted to be an improvement vector. Okay. Actually, yeah, since the beginning of this meeting, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that'll do. That's, uh, All right. That is a really good start. Um... Whenever I see things that aren't improved, I have a sudden irresistible urge to improve them. See, now I know how I'm supposed to answer this one. But I got to be honest, false. <laughs> is there a true false, I can't be bothered? There, There is that. Yeah. I can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. there's, um, it says Often. true false NBD, which I think is, I think it means no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's me. So NBD, yeah. NBD for number two, or maybe the first one was number zero. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, murder. That's all it says. Murder. Uh, true. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> the answer to murder How am I doing? is true. Um, well, you know, I have to wait for the uh, the whole thing to to play sure, out sure. before. Uh, hey, what time is it? It is 7.09 and 56 seconds. Wow. 
This is a this is going quicker than I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I'm so glad people tuned in to listen to this on ninety one point three CJTR Regina Community Radio on the FM dial. Yeah, they're not regretting anything right now. Not at all. Yeah. Okay, so question three. Okay. Okay. So you're out walking in Victoria Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, uh, you see a municipal employee. Uh huh. They're on their back. Okay. Their legs are kicking in the air. Oh right, they can't turn over. They can't turn. So over. yeah, you have to like run over and you just like put a hand underneath them. You do, uh, well, there's two ways. You can like stick your hand underneath their back and flip them over, and then they'll scuttle off and do their business. Or you can put a finger down. And they've got those sticky municipal fingers. <laughs> they'll just cling to you, and then they'll just right themselves and climb up your arm and sit on your shoulder for the day. And, uh, you know, get things done. Yes, they are marmots. Yeah. Marmots? Sticky, sticky-fingered marmots. Oh. Uh, apparently the proper answer to that is the... Um, they're Obviously, they're having a stroke of some kind, and you should probably just call 911. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. yeah, well, Oops. Well, that's okay. Um, okay, question number five. Tell me in simple words only the good things that come into your mind when you think about, ah, your co-host and uh, co-worker Aidan Morgan of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Oh. oh, wow, that's, I. you know, I am rather honored to become part of this here. Uh, I wonder how that happened. I don't know. Can you read the question again? Um... Tell me, in, in simple words, in simple words, only the good things that come into your mind when you um, think about your coworker, Aiden Morgan. Spelling, his spelling is impeccable. Yeah, that is, you know, that is quite correct. I yeah. pride myself on my spelling, particularly in getting every single letter in the right order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or at least in the right word, not necessarily in the right order. Sometimes, but really. Yeah. You know, that's that's half the battle right there. I know. Like yeah, yeah. So, and actually writing sometimes writing the letters in the correct direction is uh that's that's an important. That's one. hard. Yeah. All right. So I've answered your questions. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, um Do we have any other uh do we have any other stuff on the agenda or Well, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just uh, figuring out the rubric here. Oh uh, it turns out that um that you haven't passed. Oh, that would be the first time that this ever happened. On I know this show. that's weird. That's cause, horrible. Because I mean, almost I'm the every- only one. I've be, I've devoted my life to improvement, and yet somehow I'm not an improvement factor. It is. It is kind of unjust. It is. I think. I think the people in, on uh, floor six in City Hall are messing with us. Yeah, jerks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of an improvement point. I think so. I think. I think we're like a. I know if there if there's a, if there's a spot for a vector to take off from mm-hmm. a director, we're we're like an improve we're an improvement launchpad. Launchpad. There we yeah. go. Yes, I like that. I'm the improvement asymptotic point. Oh, that's good yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I no actually I am not because that would be something that people aspire to with improvement but never get to. Yeah, I think I think I would be uh, maybe not the launchpad, but maybe the guy. Who's supposed to be maintaining the launch pad, but is on his break? Sure, I can see that. Eating yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, but he spells well. I yes, I am in the I am the improvement sandwich eater. He's probably like you know doing a, a jumble, a word jumble. Ooh, yes, 
wonder where the daily jumble the daily jumble um yeah well here we are on 91.3 cjtr regina community radio and we are the queen city improvement bureau and we haven't even gotten to item zero on our agenda that wasn't item zero or test oh i guess the test would be item right zero. we are not on item one yet Let's 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 move on on our on our zero point agenda to item one. Yeah, because we've got we actually have things that we got to get through today. Because uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, there have been budget cuts and hence no improvement vectors today beyond me. And those budget cuts come from the budget meeting that happened on April eighteenth at City Hall here. This was the third meeting, Aiden. The third. Wow, I know this is getting kind of crazy. Or the second, how you, depending on how you decide to count. <laughs> so first they had a meeting. Zeroist. Yes, meeting. they had a zeroist meeting where they really didn't, it was appropriately the zeroist meeting because all they did was everybody showed up for this meeting and each councillor talked about how much they disliked the provincial budget, which had been launched on March 22nd. Mm -hmm. Because over the intervening days, I believe the council meeting was March 27th-ish. Uh, they had discovered that the city was going to have this massive $10.3 million cut this year. And they had no idea how to fill it. So they called us out for a meeting to deal with it. They didn't actually do anything except say, hey, this stinks. So they called another meeting for April 10th. And on April 10th, a whole bunch of delegations showed up. And we all mm. showed up at 5.30 expecting typical council meeting, delegations, and then decisions. We got through the delegations. There were no decisions. They decided to cancel the meeting, well, end the meeting early at 9 o'clock and send everybody home instead of forcing it on through the night. What, what an asymptote. Yes. And so then we got together on April 18th to finally get to the decisions. There were no delegations. There was just councillors talking. And I've been to a lot of council meetings, Aiden, and this one was the best. The Without best. a doubt, the best council meeting I've ever been to. How so? It was a thrill fest. It was, it was, um, a thing happened at this council meeting that you don't see a whole lot of, which was genuine debate over issues where hmm. councillors, uh, had ideas and like goals that they wanted to accomplish over the course of this meeting. And they presented those ideas. And instead of what usually happens is, um, Somebody has a radical idea, usually a counselor from Ward 3, and if he's lucky enough to get a second on the idea, it gets voted down. Uh, this time, uh, every single idea that was presented was vigorously debated. There were no unanimous votes on anything throughout the night. Uh, the best I think anything got was a 7-3 to three wow. win out of 10, um, which is crazy. Like I, I remember back during the days of uh, our previous mayor, before Fougere, where it was like almost every vote was unanimous or Ward 3 or, you know, Ward 4 right. would be or voting against. Center, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this wasn't like this at all. And it was pretty exciting. And one of the things that came up a lot was how uh, there were counselors who mentioned how much they were enjoying this because a strange thing was happening, that as they were in the process of publicly governing the city, you could tell that these people who, you know, went through to, went to all the trouble of getting elected actually kind of enjoy being counselors huh. and doing this stuff, which was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I agree. But anyways, I was going to play some stuff. I was going to take you through this meeting for the rest of our meeting. <laughs> 
Let's let's hear some meeting business. Yeah, so where we'll start is uh, with Fougere's opening statements, just to sort of like lay the groundwork of what was going on at this meeting. So I would say uh, over the past uh, couple of weeks, we have um, determined what the definition of transformational change is, and this is, in one level anyway, is a download to local municipalities. And uh, that's part of the budget uh, balancing the province is doing on, on the shoulders of those uh, at the local level. But the government says that we should, we should actually acknowledge some of the positives, and I want to do that tonight. But then I want to get into what we've got to do tonight, too. So we should acknowledge that uh, revenue sharing has been positive for the city and this province. It's probably the best uh, transfer of monies uh, over time than any other province in Canada, so I do want to acknowledge that. Infrastructure projects like uh, uh, the bypass, um, other investments that we've had, uh, participation in the stadium have all been uh, great deals for us. But what's caused us enormous frustration and anxiety for this council and the administration, I think the residents of Regina and most municipal governments, is the lack of consultation and uh, coordination of how the province was going to go forward. They didn't collaborate with us. They didn't talk to us about changes. And we know, again, what Grants and Lou have done, an unfair and uneven uh, reduction of, of uh, transfers to municipalities, again, with, uh, with no notice. And it didn't have to be that way. And that's the part I think that's frustrating. They could have easily come to us months ahead and said, we are looking at these areas. What do you think? Can we work together to find a solution? Because I think there's a lot of goodwill that could have been uh, tapped by the government but was not tapped. It was simply... Here's the, uh, the change we're going to make, and now they're inducing legislation to eliminate grants and lose. We know them. We don't know what that's going to be in the future, but that is a, is a problem. So um, it's important to understand that, that uh, we would want to help the province if they ask us to help. But not doing that has caused us an enormous anxiety, $11 million hole we've got to fill with no consultation. So, Mr. Deputy Mayor, I'm going to move a motion here that, that tries to begin the discussion on where we go forward on, on our, our budget. And I, I want to, uh, to thank a lot of the delegations that came out uh, last week that spoke about the passion they had for their own area, but also gave us voices on how they felt about where we should go forward in the future. So I want to uh, uh, direct members to Appendix A of this report. And I would like to remove, the motion would be to remove the following from the list of programs and service reductions. Uh, the first one is Playscapes program. That elimination would be taken off for discussion. That's 125500 The conventional transit, transit uh, statutory holiday services elimination, that's 68300 uh, The Leslie Lawn Bowling Greens closure, 65300 And the Region Park Golf Course closure, it's 36000 If I could have a second for that, please. I'll second that. Councilor Price, thank you for that. So these are reductions that were taken off the table. They'll no longer be considered as part of, uh, of uh, the 2017 budget. And I would, the only thing I would say, these are all self-explanatory except one. All right, so that was Mayor Fougere. Wait, they're all self-explanatory except one, one or zero? Yes. I'm one. trying to figure no out one. Um, Yeah. Okay, I'll explain that in a sec. So what just happened is, first of all, this set the tone for the night. There was a lot of shots taken at the province over the course of the meeting. A lot of shots. People are not happy with the way the provincial budget went. I'm not surprised. Um, the and, and I would say it was un that was the one unanimous thing 
at the council meeting uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, the second thing is, is that, and this was huge, so the very first thing that happens is Fougere passes a motion to save the Leslie Lawn Bowling Greens. We had uh, Doug Norman from mm-hmm. uh, the Lawn Bowling Club here last week uh, talking about why it should be saved. That swayed council. Uh, the Regent Par 3 golf course was also saved. Um, this, I, And I actually believe that for this year, the Regent Par 3 golf course is free to use. So uh, that might be why they wanted to save it, since they had decided to uh, open it up to everybody uh-huh. this year. Um, okay. The Playscapes program was also saved, and the holiday bus service uh, oh, good. was saved. Good, good, good. And uh, this motion was put, and this motion passed, and everybody was like really enthusiastic to do this. These were the four things that everybody sort of in the media identified as sort of like the really nasty cuts. Wow. You know, note that um, even with the cuts that the city is facing, they're still maintaining their bus service. Yeah. Whereas larger entities, such as an entire province, seem unable to do so. Strange that, hey? I know. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that was not self-evident was that uh, he did ask administration to begin having conversations with the Regina Lawn Bowling Club to see about having them take over the Leslie Lawn Bowling Green. Uh, mm. So that the city wouldn't be on the hook for maintaining those uh, those greens uh, going forward, because it is sixty five thousand dollars a year, I believe, that the city puts in. Not There's cheap. some question about that number, but uh, the city is in a situation where they have to find ten million dollars, and for a city, they can't just cut their ten million dollar program because they don't really have programs that big, unless you want to like get rid of the stadium. And who's <laughs> going to do that? <laughs> Uh, what they have to do is if they have to make cuts, they're going to cut a hundred, hundred thousand dollar programs. Yeah. And uh, so that's why in this going to be a broad swath of, of destruction that that will do. Um, yeah. Before we get into uh, some of the uh, thrust and parry of the meeting, uh, I wanted to just play uh, Councillor O'Donnell. Uh, gave another description of what Grants and Lou were, and uh, this was. This, uh, he revealed some stuff that even in our discussions with uh, the Saskatchewan Urban Municipalities Association uh, from three weeks ago, uh, they, uh, the, O'Donnell explained it really succinctly, and I thought it was worth playing. Uh, this, is, this is a really good indication of why the city is short money and why the, the province uh, decided to kill this program and why it's kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, one of the things that we're probably more or less going to talk about tonight or or the reason why we're here is Grants and Lou, and I think a lot of people have actually understood what it is. If I could add one notion to it, uh, I want you to think of where the IMAX uh, theater is now in Regina or the Science Center. That was the power plant in the city of Regina. And there was a number of power plants in the province, give or take 109 of them. And what happened was the Back in the 1950s, SAS Power came and said, we'd like to buy all of these and have a single source. So when we don't get grants in lieu, it's directly related to the fact that we don't have a power source anymore that would still be generating revenue to us. made me wonder a little bit about the federal government. So I did a little research, and I have a, a document in front of me from Public Services and Procurement Canada. I'd like to just read a couple of things, if I could. Why does the government of Canada make payments in lieu of property taxes is the question. The government of Canada, by the way, we cannot charge the government of Canada or the province of Saskatchewan property taxes. That's in legislation. The government of Canada makes payments in lieu of taxes. Oh, I added a word there. Payments in lieu. 
of taxes to recognize the services it receives from municipal governments and to pay its share of the cost to municipalities where federal property is located. PILT is an acronym for Payment in Lieu. It used to be called Grants in Lieu, which had been authorized under the Municipal Act of 1980. After discussions with the, with the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, they came to this conclusion, and I quote, using payments rather than grants put the emphasis on the government's responsibility as a property owner to share in the cost of local government rather than its generosity in making a payment which they are not legally obliged to make. All right, that was Councillor O'Donnell from Tuesday's Council meeting explaining what grants and lieu are and why they exist. Pretty good. Yeah, and it comes down to that the city used to have its own power generation capacity that it could charge for. That was taken away by Sask Power and Sask Energy, and as a result, they were given payments in lieu because all of this infrastructure, all of this the access to the infrastructure that these utilities were gaining access to, this used to be the city's. The city used to gain revenue from it. And this brings me to tonight's innovative revenue tool. Ah, yes. So the innovative revenue tool is where we come up with like innovative ways for the city of Regina to uh, improve its bottom line by innovating rev- revenue tools. Sounds... Sounds self-explanatory. By taking away grants in lieu, the city has basically taken away the money we should be getting from having power generation that we would have had from power generation if we still had our power plants that we used to have. So if they're taking that money away, I would argue that that means that the city should now have the right to once again generate its own power. And... We could fill many uh, uh, QCIB, Queen City Improvement Bureau, (laughs) with ways for the city to generate power. But I have one suggestion. I think this will make John Klein happy. Uh, I think what the city of uh, Regina should be doing is they should be raising the tax rate on surface parking lots and undeveloped land. Uh Because that's presently a very, very cheap uh, – the the carrying costs on a surface parking lot or undeveloped land is, is presently, like, ridiculously low. And that's why we have so many surface parking lots. Raise that to a punitively high level, but say, we will drop it back down to the level you're more accustomed to if you let us put solar panel, pe- solar panels over top of your parking lots. And we'll give you a cut of the power we generate off your parking lot, solar panels, but the rest of it is going to go into the grid to feed our city and... Whatever revenue comes from the power that's generated off those parking lot solar panels, the city is going to get to keep. And that will replace our grants in lieu. Because we have so much surface parking, we could have (laughs) a gigantic array of solar panels. And then from there, big box stores jack up the tax rates. They will bring it back down again if you let us put our queen city solar panels on top of your box store. You know... Sometimes our innovative revenue tools kind of verge on the silly or the impractical. Occasionally, very rarely, though. Very, very rarely. But this one actually sounds like a really good idea. I, too, had an idea. Oh, sweet. Uh, and it was, uh, it's twofold. Okay. One, we take the uh, stadium green, mm-hmm. the field, and install like a piezoelectric layer so that every time there's a football game as as when the players run around and the cheerleaders jump up and down it generates electricity brilliant but what to do in the off season um i don't know oh i know oh god glad you do 
you know, we, we face this problem of energy, but uh, using a form of fusion, yeah. we, take, we take the riders and everybody in the stadium and we plug them into a virtual framework and use their body for energy. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and they they can live in like this perfect dream mm-hmm. for the off season, and then wake them up to play football. And I'm betting you, I know exactly what they would pick. They'd pick like a Joe Madden football game. <laughs> they'd be playing in the <laughs> off season. Cool. Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh man, finally we're in the NFL." <laughs> Okay. Well, if those two ideas don't get any traction, fortunately we have a few other ideas uh, on deck here. Hang on. Here they come. Bing, bong, bong. Hi, I'm Giz, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR. Jack, you're in the radio. Hey, I'm a kid. I agree. Yeah. What the heck is that? There's There's music coming from elsewhere. Oh wow! Perhaps perhaps people can hear it. So they're throwing I, some kind of party upstairs, and they didn't invite us. As do they ever? Jeez! They oh know where the lives of these parties, but they don't invite us. I think I think if we just pounded really hard on the door, they'd let us out. Yeah. They'd let us party. But anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, what do you got there in your hand, there, Mister Aiden? Uh, I got myself one hot piece of paper, um, and this piece of paper is telling me. To tell you about the CJTR Look and Listen Lottery. Uh, oh, the, the theme. What is this thing? Oh, well, what is this thing you're talking what, about? What is this thing you, of which you have never heard? No. Uh, this is the CJTR Look and Listen Lottery, sponsored by Carlson Wagen Lee Rickert Travel. Uh, there's a choice of four vacations for the grand prize. Uh, you can have, I believe, uh, I believe it's seven days, all expenses paid, uh, plus events and accommodations and spending cash in Halifax. Portland, San Francisco, or Victoria. These are all very coastal places. I'm from Halifax. I recommend going there. That's first prize. Second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher from Carlson Vaughan Lee Rickert Travel. Third prize is the Regina Folk, Folk Festival Experience. That's two weekend passes to the Regina Folk Festival. There's a great lineup this year. Trust me, I would know because I've seen it. Ooh. But I can't remember... Any of the artists right now? No. But, that's well, okay, neither can I. That's right. I know that Feist is at the Jazz Festival. But anyway. Oh, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, um, second prize is a set of steak knives. <laughs> Third prize, you find. Uh, continuing on in that vein, I do believe the draw is in early May, May 4th. Uh, mm. May 2nd is the last day to buy tickets. They are $20 each. There's only 1500 available, so your chances are really, really good of winning. Uh, you can call CJTR uh, or go to the website cjtr.ca to buy your tickets, or you can just contact us directly on Twitter at QueenCityIB, and if you buy from us, we will also give you a certificate with a title. That uh, we will. Regional director. Grand Moff. Grand Moff. Moff. Or if you buy a book of five, Lord Darth Vader. We will give you that title. Yes. And we are authorized to do that. <laughs> we are. We've, <laughs> Actually, the, you are too. But the, yeah. <laughs> the Galactic Council has, has let us do this. Yeah. So they they have granted us the right of peerage. Yes. Um, yeah, and this is a really important thing, uh, mm-hmm. this uh, lottery, because uh, CJTR is community radio. It's a radio station for, like, like us, for all of us, all of you out there. And um, 
the only way that radio stations like CJTR can stick around is if they get the support of the community that listens. And, um, yeah, and we don't want to just, you know, get your support. We also want to give you a holiday. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how we do. Yeah. Because normally what we give is a holiday for the years. Right. And, he, and now they're giving out a holiday for the body. Exactly. So never mind your aural vacation, as as usual, <laughs> and get like a full sensory vacation in time and space. Yeah. That's Anyways, a very abstract concept. Of it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but um, you get the idea. But yeah, so yes, please, please support the station. Please support the Look and Listen Lottery. We'd really yes. appreciate it. Yeah, and because it also so it supports us too. So, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Because, uh, please send food. And send food. We'll take food. If you can send enough food, we'll give you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're pretty hungry down here. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, carrying on with the agenda. Do you want to hear more stuff about city council? Who doesn't? Because I've got I've got the full blow by blow here. Um, after the mayor got his motion passed to save lawn bowling, holiday bus service, and golf and playscapes. This was the point where everybody else got to talk. All the other councillors got to speak. And as I said earlier, uh, city councillors at the meeting uh, to discuss ways to save the city's budget from the $10.3 million shortfall the province left us with. Um, everybody had ideas. Some of them were good. Not a lot of them passed, but there was a lot of debate about them. The meeting, went again, went till 9 o'clock. Were they on average as good as ours? No. God, no. no. I didn't no. think so. If they let us upstairs, we'd sort all of this out. <laughs> In like five minutes. Oh, no tops. kidding. Ugh, it's so frustrating to listen to these meetings and go, just, you know, listen to our show. <laughs> It'd be solved. It'd be sorted, guys. <laughs> but no, they don't. They really don't. And Councilor Brashani is one of the people who doesn't listen to her show, and so she had her own ideas. Uh, absurd. Yeah, and so I'm going to play that idea right now, because this sets up, I think, the best thread of discussion that happened during this entire meeting. So here we go. Tonight we are faced with making some tough decisions. I stand before you as Councillor for Ward 4, and after listening to my residents, I cannot support this budget tonight. I've heard loud and clear from the residents of Ward 4. They understand that we are in a tough situation, and they are not happy with how the province has downloaded this $10.8 million decreasing the funding with our consul without consultation and a realistic plan. Saying that, my residents expect better from us. The provincial budget has impacted everyone, including our most vulnerable, low-income families, seniors, and people with disabilities. These are the at-risk people with the smallest voice. The budget is also asking individuals to take a pay freeze, rollbacks, and possibly even layoffs. If we increase our mill rate too high, these people will be most affected. I've received many emails and phone calls from residents all over Regina, as many of my fellow councillors have as well. I will share one tonight. The individual says, how can you support a tax increase in Regina? There are a lot of people who are renters and are either working for minimum wage. Social assistance are on fixed income. With a tax increase, the city will force landlords to increase their rents, which will force people to move the smaller towns to move to smaller towns, a different city or out of province. I support a family of three, and with my wage, I barely, I'm barely scraping by. These tax increases are killing Regina. We are being punished because of the government's decisions. Don't punish us. I can't afford to be shell shelling out any more rent. Please hear us. 
So it was approximately two years, two weeks ago, uh, we as council spoke here in front of all the delegations and the media and the people of Regina. We made bold statements about how disappointed we were in the provincial government. With the downloading and with no consultation tonight, if we're going to walk, if we're going to talk the talk, we need to walk the walk. We need to be the leaders and step up. I know it's difficult, but I think tonight we need to find a balanced approach for, best the, solution, for the best solution for the city of Regina and its residents. This budget before us tonight does not take a balanced approach. It's weighted too much on property tax increases, fee increases, and program cuts. We need to find efficiencies and cost savings. I understand this budget is a tough one, and next year it's going to be even tougher. I also know that we are in the progress of doing a core services review with the emphasis of finding cost savings and efficiencies, and we should let this process work. I believe we should treat this year as a transition year and use some of the surplus to offset our proposed mill rate increase. This will allow us to start planning for next year so that we can find the most effective efficiencies and develop a long-term financial plan. This will also give us time to consult with our partners, staff, and community groups. We have to remember there's only one taxpayer. All right, that was Councillor Brashani talking about her solution to the city's $10.3 million shortfall. Wow. And to summarize, she wanted to uh, use $3 million of uh, the 2016 surplus to offset the money that we didn't have and uh, only raise the mill rate increase by 1.5%. The proposal was 2.5. She wanted right. to bring that down to 1.5. Um, um, according to mathematics, that would be 0 0.5. Uh, yeah, sure, try that. Um, uh, the, um, sorry, totally had something to say on this. <laughs> I, I enjoyed derailing the, the, the conversation. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, okay, one point. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how the surplus from last year was $9.8 million. Turns out that's not the case. That was the unaudited surplus. The audit ah. is almost complete. We have $3 million surplus from last year, not $9.8 million. Oh, yeah, so there was there was some pretty huge rounding errors I'm, back in I'm, February. I'm no I'm no mathematician mm -hmm. like your friends, but I do believe that's less. Yeah, that's Three a lot. That's like a nine. third. Yeah, yeah, of what we were told back in February, uh, and this kind of points out the peril of using the surplus from last year when. At budget time, it's always unaudited at budget time. We never know for sure how much money we have left over from the previous year. Mm. So using that money, it's fictional money at that point in February or mm. normally December. Right. So, And this has been pointed out by um, chief financial officers in the past. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a good thing we didn't blow all $9.8 million of it because we'd be <laughs> even deeper in the hole. <laughs> we'd be like Fred Flintstone who thinks he's just won the lottery. And he's been fired. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, um, you know what time it is? Uh, time to identify what we're doing? No. Well, oh. first of all, it's time to mention that we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. On the FM dial. Yeah. And, no, it's montage time, Aiden. Montage. Montage time. Montage time. Oh, that's, every time is montage. Yeah. Brashani said the secret word, which was reserve, because she wanted to spend $3 million in reserves. Wow. <laughs> We just seem to happen, happen to have a reserve montage where every other counselor is talking about what he thinks about this idea of spending our reserves. And I'm going to play that reserve montage right now. Well, concerns with using reserve or surplus 
for things that are not one-time items. Because it puts us in a position next year where we actually have to start with a negative rather than a positive or a baseline. This is kicking the can down the road. This means we have to come up with this money next year as well. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen next year, but I don't want to be in a position next year where we're starting from a negative. Mr. City Manager? Your Worship and members of City Council, yes, any time we use reserve funds to pay for ongoing costs, basically we are just then postponing and moving that issue forward to another year where we actually do need to find that funding. So you're exactly right. If we draw from the reserve to fund ongoing costs, then definitely next year we do start in a deficit position. It's springtime in Regina, and I got an email from some very nice people who said, how come my road isn't getting fixed? Like, it's been like this forever. And so my response, of course, was something to the effect, the story goes, the road probably was new in the 1970s. And in the 1990s, councils across Canada, not just Regina, said, let's come up with a phrase as to how we can avoid raising taxes called defer. Let's defer maintenance for another time. Two weeks ago, we talked about the concept that this is our savings account. We can't use it for monthly expenditures. On top of that, people have said, well, this is an emergency. This isn't an emergency. An emergency is the Fort McMurray fires. When people came here, how did we house them? We used our reserves. This is not an emergency. This is a provincial download, and we need to look out for our future. So I can't support this. Thanks. Along with the amendments we've already passed tonight, by the plan I see forward, there is about a $4.2, $4.3 million draw on our reserves, and that's just passing the ball up forward to next year. And that's not really a fix for anything. And to accept all the cuts proposed tonight, a lot of that money will be misspent. When I see $600,000 cut off of asphalt maintenance for a project net total of 11 kilometers, dropping it down to 5 to 6 kilometers, a 10% reduction equals a 30 to 40% net loss in results. I don't think that's well-spent money on the taxpayers. So cuts like that I am not in favor of as well. So I hope to see what we come up with here tonight. Urban Connector Program, which was a gift from the province to give us four bridges, all in poor condition, at $6 million per repair. Last year we did one. It's in the budget again this year, and there are two more to follow. Mosquito control. Because there's no threat of West Nile, we're on the hook for $285,000. Paratransit, which is a provincial program. Total cost this year is about $5.5 million. The province is supposed to pay half of that. They're paying 18% of that. We pick up the rest. We used to be able to charge school boards for collecting taxes. That's going to come to an end. In fact, we now have to look after municipal reserves for new school sites. We run a regional landfill. Other communities in the province are being said, please close your landfill. I know you can't afford it. Just send it to Regina. We have to look after that. And then in addition to that, we are where we are today. We have a federal government currently who is saying we want to build infrastructure across the nation. They don't often give us very much time, days to weeks, to say we'll fund a project. Where's your money? That's what our reserves are. I'm very, very proud of the fact that we have reserves. We're one of the few places that has reserves. I'll protect them. We'll not support the motion.
One of the issues that Councillor Bresciani raised, or one of the number of issues that we need to speak to, is how this disproportionately affects certain people. And this is through property taxes. Not unlike the provincial government's decision to use regressive taxation, consumption taxes, to plug holes in their budget, sadly, these are the only tools that we have at our disposal. The provincial government could have found other means of actually raising revenue. We are stuck because of a lack of understanding about how municipalities work at the provincial level to use this regressive form of taxation. We should have massive provincial investments in affordable and social housing. We should start talking about how these costs will be downloaded onto residents because we have no rent control in this province. We actually need to talk about these bigger issues. Sadly, we have limited courses of action at our disposal. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about the need for living wages in our community so people earn more to be able to pay this amount, to pay rent, to pay mortgages, and so on. This was difficult for me because of the points that Laurie had raised while we spoke about how this does disproportionately affect certain people. And we need to be mindful of that. We also need to be mindful as councillors that we're kind of in this for the long haul. Uh, some of the decisions we make and some of the plans that we make, maybe my kids will experience that. This is stuff that we have to kind of have vision for and make sure that the city is adequately funded going into the future. All right. So that was our reserves montage with uh, those in order that was Councillor Bryce, City Manager Chris Holden, Councillor Mike O'Donnell, Councillor Joel Murray, Councillor Mancinelli, Councillor O'Donnell again, and then Councillor Andrew, Andrew Stevens to end things off. Uh, I only have one question. Sure, shoot. For the montage, did you uh, lay down a music track or was that just playing? No, whenever they started talking about reserves, ominous music would start playing in the background. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, well, you know, that's why I was saying the meeting was a thrill fest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so after that, I'm not going to... Councillor Hawkins had some good lines on our reserves as well. Uh, he basically said something like, we can't uh, spend our reserves and then sit in a hole waiting for the uh, the ferry wand to come along and get us out of there. So That sounds almost entirely like our lives here in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ferry wand still has not come. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so Councillor Brashani, did her motion to use the reserves did not pass. Obviously. Yeah. And then after that, Councillor Stevens had a motion, and he tried to save. I was like, I have to turn the page on our notes. He tried to save the summer sweep downtown, which went for $130,000, the hazardous waste and leaf yard waste depot, and the tree cycling, which came to a total of 400000 So that's like a depot where you can take your hazardous waste if you generate it. And like, you know, a lot of people do, like paint and batteries mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, leaf and yard waste and uh, tree cycling after uh, Christmas. Uh, tree cycling is when you turn your like trees into like bicycles or something well you know your christmas tree needs to get exercise and right. so it's like a spin class for oh, old oh, nice. christmas trees nice yep uh, and then he also wanted to save the recycling outreach program and uh the uh, recycling uh, education program in public and uh, separate schools uh he received a lot of pushback on this it did not pass mm. councillor mancinelli came out with a motion and what he wanted to save was the asphalt maintenance budget uh, he wanted to save the reduction of the landfill hours. An interesting point here. If we're going to get rid of the hazardous waste, leaf and yard waste depot, and the tree cycling, and we're going to shrink the hours at the dump, this is a perfect storm of uh, vectors to cause like a whole lot of uh, buildup and waste and whatnot around the city. 
He also wanted to try to save, he also wanted to save the condo waste rebate. Uh, his point was that condos were the hardest hit by tax increases, uh, with the reassessments this year. Condos all went up quite higher than other forms of residential, uh, for their property taxes this year. And they don't get their waste picked up by the city, and yet they used to be paying for that. Mm. The condo, uh, waste rebate gives them back the money that they're paying for waste uh, collection because they're not getting it collected. Uh, and he also tried to bring back the uh, depot for waste, the waste depot that uh, Stevens tried to save. Uh, this was voted down as well. It was a 6-4 vote. Stevens's was also a 6-4 vote against. Uh, so these are like as close a vote as you can get and not have something pass. Uh, Councillor um, Councillor Flagel then went tax crazy. He was the third tax speaker. Crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find that here. Um Councillor Flagel, so after commitment not to use reserves, after deciding not to close down, uh, not to save any of these programs from Stevens and Mancinelli, uh, this is what uh, Flagel came up with. What I'm finding, though, is everything I hear about uh, from administration and from other people is that we're going to kick the can forward. And part of my summation on this whole thing is that if we don't, if we don't take and grab the bull by the horns this time, we're going to get absolutely killed next year, and that's already been indicated with a $5.7 million shortfall before we even talk about 2018 coming forward. So part of my, part of my problem is that um, we're looking at cuts, and we've got a, like I said, I've been holding this list up here. We've got a, a whack of cuts that we're going to do, and we always say that we don't want to be like the provincial government. This is exactly what the provincial government did. They poke holes in every piece of the administration that they have or in the province, and now they're just sitting back and they're going, well, well, so what? We'll deal with it. So what? Too bad. And, and that's not right. In their estimation, if they would have raised the PST one more percent, taken care of all the business, charged the whole province an extra one percent, it would have got them $300 million, which would have caused them not to have shortfalls and poke holes in a whole bunch of issues that affect everybody in the province, not the rich, not the poor, but everybody. And that was one of the things. The second thing is they built in a reserve of $300 million when they're in a deficit situation and now they want to save money. That's another $300 million, I think, if that's correct. So what my submit, submission to this is, is that in this whole thing, we, we got dealt a hand that was bad from our point of view you know and I'm not I'm not saying what the premier is right but he said it's about time the cities use the reserves I didn't like the tone that he said it but this is a situation we've had uh, delegates come up here and say disaster relief fund he called it a, this a disaster and a disastrous budget that we got dealt this is the time to use whatever you want to call it surplus budget whatever you want to call it doesn't matter all right so that was councillor Flagel uh, and these were his reasons for his proposal, which was... Use the reserves. Use the $3 million of reserves. But that's not where it ended. Uh, the next step was, instead of raising the property tax increase by 2.5%, he wanted to raise it by 3.5%. Well, hey, remember a few minutes ago when I said I was no mathematician? Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't take any courses and I'm still no mathematician, but that sounds like more. It was. It is a lot more. What he wanted to do was use the reserves 
and raise taxes even more than the administration had suggested and save every single program on the list. Wow. All of it. Make no cuts this year. Unfortunately, there was some procedural jiggery-pokery, and there were reasons uh, that we can't get into because we're running out of time in this meeting, but Flagle's motion was also voted down. Sure. So in the end, we got the 2.5% mill rate increase on top of the 3.99% mill rate increase that we got back in February. So that's a total of like 6.5-ish, 6.45-ish. Whoa. Yeah, or 5.4-ish, or something like that. Uh, it's in my notes. I'm not going to go find it because we're running out of time. Right. Uh, th- offsetting the things that we saved, the golf, the lawn bowling, the play escapes, Councillor Hawkins passed a motion to raise parking fines by $10, and that will offset the cost of that. Councillor Flagle went off on a tear about how we've got $7 million in accounts receivable, uh, people who haven't paid parking fines since 2006. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a way to like solve our problem, and he wanted to go after people's cars, but we'll get into that another time. Um, yeah. That is it. That is what happened. Uh, that is our summary of whoa of our council meeting on Tuesday. That was that was an exciting summary for an, of an exciting meeting. Yeah, when councilors came up with ideas, they came up with ideas. They debated those ideas, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I learned a lot. I think everybody who listened to this meeting learned a lot. I think everybody should go to the City of Regina website and watch the video of this meeting because you'll learn a lot about your city from this if you stay awake. And maybe a little something about yourself. Yeah. It's true. It's true. All right. I think we should call for adjournment. Okay. So then, uh, meeting adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This episode of the Queen City Improvement Bureau has been brought to you by Councillor O'Donnell's No Donald Slow Toggle. Your Donald saying no to going slow? Get O'Donnell's No Donald Slow Toggle. Guaranteed. Music on this one was... Usually from Guidewire, we do have some Guidewire, but not nearly as much as usual for reasons we shall not go into. Your hosts are Paul Deschen and Aidan Morgan. And you can find us on uh, cgtr.ca slash podcast, cgtr.ca, listen live, or find us on iTunes or our website, queencityib.com, also on Twitter at queencityib. Coming up next, we've got Maddie V with the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the Cockpit. Keep on improving, Regina.